So passion pod number 54, joyous. Welcome merry souls to this fine podcast. Hope all's good with you. Thanks so much for listening. Always massively appreciate that. Feel free to share your love of passion pods, by the way. You'd be more than welcome to show us a bit of social media love. This time, Pip, that's who we're chatting to, of Pip and Nut. Nut butters, that's her thing. Delicious. The whole thought of it just makes me hungry even thinking about it now. Uh, But the best thing about this is that we did it sitting in a shed. I absolutely kid you not. Uh, This chat was recorded sitting in a garden shed, which actually I found out afterwards is quite appropriate because Pip herself lived in a garden shed uh, while she was getting funding to start her company. So just really quite a beautiful bit of synchronicity there. Um, But it was also brilliant. I think I could get used to recording in sheds, a mobile studio for me. It's brilliant. Um, A very inspiring lady and just a brilliant story to tell. She raised over £120,000 on Crowdcube last year, 81 investors. So a real startup funding success story indeed. And just lots of inspirational stuff and some great advice in there as well. So without further ado, Pip. You're listening to Passion Pod number 54 with Pip from Pip and Nut. So Pip, Pip and Nut. In a nutshell, it's just so great talking to you, actually, because even though we are sitting in a shed, so that definitely needs to be established. I'm quite excited by our, our original location. Maybe I should be recording all of these. I know, it's amazing. You've prepared a studio for me. Magic. Yeah. Um, it's great to chat to you, actually, because I did a passion pod a while ago with some guys who cuckoo foods cuckoo, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had a pot of your stuff in there I did which must have been about six months ago maybe i don't yeah, know yeah. and then just slowly over time i've seen you like creep around i'm like oh look oh look yeah, yeah. so this is really exciting so it's growing really quickly yeah let's go back to the beginning pip and nut if you were like in a bar and you heard someone explaining what your company yeah. is like what would you like them to sort of describe it as yeah so um, it's always quite difficult to explain what I do because if you say you make nut butter, people are like, what, you do that for a job? But in a nutshell, basically Pip and Nut is an all-natural uh, nut butter brand. Um, we are on a mission to become one of the nation's favourite health food brands. And in our range that we launched in January, uh, we have three flavours. We have a peanut butter, a coconut almond butter and an almond butter. And they come in little jars and also um, single-serve squeeze packs, which are, like, awesome for on-the-go snacking and kind of taking with you as, like, a natural um, natural energy fuel, basically. Did you launch... I think they're brilliant, those little packets. Yeah, Did you launch great. those all at the same time? Yeah, so we launched all the flavours in the different packaging formats at the same time. So we actually have, like, what we call nine, nine variants, if you like, in our range. And yeah, basically the squeeze packs uh, were inspired actually by my hatred of energy gels. So I actually started the brand, one of the reasons behind it was that I'm a runner. And used to always eat like peanut butter or natural food that could fuel my training. Because they're all quite like, I, I am not a runner, so yeah. forgive my but They're all kind of, quite, sort of fake, aren't they? They're not yeah. any natural stuff in a lot of them. Or... Yeah, and it's kind of like, you don't really know what you're eating. They're all filled with electrolytes and they taste horrible and they do really funny things to your stomach, especially when you're running. Which is great when you're running, actually. Yeah, just what you exactly. Need. And so they just, I used to hate them. So I always used to find alternatives and nut butter was always really tasty. And these little squeeze packs are great, like a little clean snack. Um, you don't need to be a marathon runner to enjoy them, but they're certainly good for like pre or post workout. 
or just snacking at your desk if you want something that's not a cereal bar, for instance. Cool. I have my, I love nut butter and I'm often found with a spoon. teaspoon. Yeah. yeah, you're not alone. It's, it's not a good you're look. Take the sachet anytime. Yeah. So um, if I wanted to buy a, a jar of Pippa Nut or a little sachet, yeah. uh, where do I find them? Well, we, we're in about, we're about 300 stores at the moment. Amazing. Yeah. Has that been a sort of gradual process or? So, yeah, like yeah. every, so we launched obviously in January, so just been like gradually growing it. So you can find us in places like Selfridges, Partridges, nice. all those lovely like um, independent stores, like Source Market. You can find us online. We've just gone into a load of Virgin Gyms, which is quite cool. Um, we're in loads of kind of, so sort of quite like London based, but you know, we haven't got national distribution yet, so you can always buy us on our website, which is pippinnut.com. So. Um, so go back a bit. What were you doing before you, you launched yeah. Pippinnut? So I, I literally knew nothing. Yay! About <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I was working at the Science Museum as a producer, so I used to work on large scale theatre shows. Amazing. So Totally I, different. It's totally different. I always say it's a little bit like project management, though. Um, so in, in a lot of ways, whilst I didn't know anything about the food and the commercials behind or having a brand and stuff like that, I certainly did manage large-scale projects, which are about bringing lots of elements together at the right time. So I guess I had some experience, essentially, but literally never even really wanted to have a business, never even thought about it. So when I had the idea, I think it really kind of... Um, it was like a little niggle in my mind, and I just kind of wanted to kind of explore it more and more. It just wouldn't go away. It's like yeah, that thing, isn't it? Once you've got that sort of niggle, like, it's oh, like, oh. It's, you know, it's more, actually, I think, if I saw someone else do it, then I would be really annoyed. So I'd be like, I was meant to do that. That was my idea. So I think that was it. It was like, either I do it or someone else will. Um, it's such an op- open opportunity. You can't always make the same ca- comparison, but Nut Butter and are just huge in America. And they are getting bigger here, and it's this kind of like, you kind of want to catch the wave before it hits. So. And they've been big in America for ages, ages haven't yeah. they? Like I remember my parents coming back years ago and saying, "Oh, you won't believe it—they make butter out of cashew nuts." It's yeah. Like, Ooh. Um, it's such a such a sort of yes, yeah, established industry over there, but yeah, just has taken huge. much longer over here. Yeah, and I think it's it's been here, but very much in health food stores and not so mainstream. Yeah, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring it into the mainstream, and I think. Um, it's certainly getting there. I, I call it the um, the deliciously Ella effect, which is basically cheers. All those like <laughs> healthy kind of young women, sort of I guess inspirational people who actually are making health food or just healthier food. Actually, something that's like really accessible, fun, um, doesn't feel limiting. It's actually kind of the other way. It's yeah, like that you're not missing out on really anything. Really positive. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of like it's a right. I guess it's very culturally relevant at the moment is what I can Yeah, it's perfect time for it. It's so exciting! It is. It's, so I think that's it's really helping our kind of growth, really. Yeah. That kind of right timing. I think there's something to say about that. What are you enjoying most about running your own company? Having worked for, like, other people before and stuff, What what's the sort of best thing of running your own business? Um, that it doesn't ever feel like work. I mean, you are working, but it doesn't feel like work in the, the way that I've always known it. Um, and I think that's because, you know, even if you're doing something that's like accounting or like boring stuff like that, it's sort of is like all a learning curve. So you're always feeling that you're like gaining new knowledge and like understanding more about your industry. And I think that's just so satisfying. Um, I've never learned so much so quickly. And yeah, it's January, that, that's not a long time. No, it's not. I mean, I had been working on it for about 18 months before that, but so it was, it's been about two years now, but six months properly like trading and running at it 
Um, and it is that diversity. Um, you have, yeah, everything that you've got to have your kind of eyes and ears open to from the kind of sales to marketing to finance to, you know, manufacturing, supply chain. These are all things like, you know, if you're trying to be a fast-growing brand, which is what we're trying to do, um, you kind of have to have your finger on the pulse in it. So it's really challenging. Um, I'm pretty, like, I'm quite a tenacious and kind of determined person, so I'm like... I think it just really suits my character. Um, what are the challenges, though, that are, like, what are the hot, really tough challenges? Obviously, that in itself is a yeah. challenge, but what are the things that you found really sort of slightly too much? I think I think the main thing that I think most people say is that, I mean, ha- launching a brand is expensive, um, and everyone says it, and it's, it's such an annoying thing to hear, but cash flow, it's, like, the number one thing, like, you've got to have your eye on it all the time. Um, cash flow is is more important even than profit, you know, because you've got to have money flowing in. Um, and I think that's the thing that I think I find most challenging because as you're growing really quickly, you're having, you know, you've got more products on stock, you kind of, you're doing more, you're, you've got more advertising spend, stuff like this, and it, actually that's the challenge is like making sure that you're growing at a rate that's kind of uh, sustainable for your business because you've only got a certain amount in your bank and, you know, you've got to really keep your eye on the pulse and I think... I think most business, new business owners would say that in their first year in particular, that's a real like, challenge. Yeah, and definitely, as you say, if you're following a model that is this fast growth, you know, yeah, in a short kind of, space of time, I mean, it's always important, but I guess that hones it even more to become... Yeah, everyone can do it. It's just make sure that you kind of got your head on it and don't get too carried away with all the really fun stuff it's like oh marketing yeah stuff. like oh i'll just sit on instagram all afternoon because you know it is part of work it is work and it, sometimes you can convince yourself that is like the number one thing you should do but you can put off all these like horrible tasks sometimes <laughs> the, spreadsheets the spreadsheets winking at you from the corner yeah. when you're making something your own mm. that growth of distribution suddenly in such a short space of time that must be quite a hard thing to manage and predict almost yeah it's really hard like, supply and demand i yeah, guess yeah it's really hard like trying to work out how much you're going to need because uh obviously you place orders with your manufacturers whatever and then you don't know like you don't always know like how quickly things are going to sell so when, when we did our first production run we had a minimal order quantity of around um seven thousand units per flavor and like half of me was like yeah we'll get through this easily and then the other half of me is like oh my god like what if we don't sell it um, the panic but i think if you've got a good product that you spent time in it, it genuinely is like filling a bit of a gap it's solving or creating desire with people then that's what i always think is like spend time developing the product and making it as good as you possibly can for launching particularly a food product because you've really only got one shot at talking to a buyer and if they don't like it then you know you obviously can keep pushing and trying but it's not easy to get in front of them again so make the product really beautiful, make it taste incredible, because then you'll have integrity and kind of you'll feel really confident selling it. And I think if you're confident, other people believe in you. Yeah, so, subconscious. Yeah, I think it's like you know self-fulfilling prophecy in a lot of ways. But um, with buyers, you just you do have to be a bit like you know knocking on the door a lot because they're busy and granted they've got a lot on their plate. So just kind of constantly giving them little updates always helps. But yeah, I mean, it's not just me. We've got I've got a, a colleague who does sales for us, and then we've got an intern as well. So that helps. Yeah, um, I need some other hands. Me. Yeah, just 
but again mm-hmm. that's growing in itself I imagine you know it's all these different stages yeah. of it and you know you're talking about going the manufacturers and you know all these sort of things it's yeah. like where when when one starts having not even had a background in the food industry you know these are these are big hurdles I imagine yeah. that probably now are sort of distant memories it's, it's quite satisfying because um two years ago I literally didn't know anything and people would say like oh you're MOQ and I'd be like sorry what? could you speak English please yeah all these like abbreviations for stuff and then suddenly you start saying them yourself and they're like, like, oh, check me out. And you feel like, yeah, like, you kind of start to be like, yeah, I believe myself as well. Like, it's really satisfying. Um, but I think that's always the case of, like, almost because you're kind of ignorant to a lot of things that you just have to ask loads of questions. And then before you know it, you actually kind of know what you're doing. But through really asking the questions and through actually experience and yeah. trying stuff out, like yeah. with any of those stages, I imagine, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, there, it's just a case of, putting your feelers out okay is that how you do it and you're learning it you're learning all the time yeah and meeting people and stuff and I think it's like it for me at least it was an iterative process so it was like slowly but surely I chipped away at creating the product and getting it to market and then at some point it just clicks and suddenly you're like right here we go and flying and you go and um, but as I you mean, said, you have to be in the place for, sort of yeah. ready. I'm always nervous of using that because I don't know if anyone's ever ready for anything. But yeah. um, I think, yeah, as ready as you can be with what you've got for that moment. Yeah. And it, but you are right. Like There will be endless things that you need to change, things that you need, to, like systems you should put in place. Like, But the only way of finding it is by doing it. And I think, um, you, you know, just just go and do it Like, is part of the thing. It's like I started at a market store in Maltby Street I trialled it there, I then scaled it up from that point once I knew there was demand and I think it's just, just go and do it because once you start doing it you'll start to like either get a sense that it's going to work and you love it or you'll be like oh I don't like it but if you don't even start you'll just, you'll, you'll just pontificate about it and think like oh like what if. You'll be one of those people that goes to bed every night wishing you were doing yeah. it. Do it! Yeah, and I think anyone, I think I always think if I can do it, like, then certainly anyone can do it because I literally knew nothing. So you've just got to have a bit of determination. Um, sweet, I've started doing a thing called the Startup Satchel. So, like, the idea of like a Mary Poppins bag, and you get to put sort of a bit of inspiration, what you get inspiration from. Yeah. Um, maybe a person and a thing what other thing would you say those top three yeah well firstly um i wouldn't call it a mary poppins back uh, bag i would call it a backpack because i never carry handbag um i'm a backpack girl just as i was um, that's what i was thinking when i started out i was like small business backpack startup yeah, it's, satchel it's literally a backpack <laughs> like i've always much got, more practical always got like nut butter in there my laptop it's always in there anyway but on your actual points um <laughs> so inspiration i am one of those people who just absolutely loves entrepreneurial books which is like a bit of a sad no, great thing that, it's great you didn't even have to be paid to say it it's oh, like yeah i genuinely do there are some really good ones out there like um, i like uh how to get rich that's quite a good one it's not as quite as crass as it sounds but really great david hyatt he does a series of uh really great books like they're ones called from the do lectures but they're like do purpose uh, you know they've got a series of different ones but he's just a they're quick reads but they're really inspiring it kind of keeps your focus if you're thinking about your brand and how you'd like to grow it i find it personally really interesting hearing other people's stories um how they've grown it 
um, challenges they faced. Um, so, yeah, so inspiration comes from That's those books. Seriously good shout. Yeah, That's yeah. a great shout. I mean, really geeky, but... No, love a bit of geeky. Yeah. Like you say, it's all about stories. It's the whole thing yeah. of this. It's like, so nice, I think, when you're doing your own business to feel like you're not the only person, you Yeah, know? you kind Other of get people. bogged down it sometimes. Sometimes it's really nice to be like the success stories that made it out the other end and you're like, yeah, I can do that too. I'm coming, guys. I'm, I'm coming. Just, I'm just a few years behind, <laughs> but I'm going there. So I think I think definitely read those. I think have a nice bookshelf of inspiration to dip into. Heavy bag, love Heavy it. Heavy bag, hence the backpack. <laughs> um, a thing then that I can't really do without is my bike. It's the one thing. Uh, I cycle everywhere in London. You get there quicker. It actually, like, I get a lot of joy from it. Um... I don't know, and like I've had my bike stolen once, and I almost cried. And it's like probably one of the one possessions that I genuinely have a real attachment to, um, because because I just love the way how you can like on a sunny day like it is today, like you're cycling around London, and just like any worries or stresses you've got, it just can go out when you're like cycling. You can see so much, so that's like my my possession that I think I prize most. It's a really rubbish bike. It's like nobody. I don't know why anyone would want to steal it. That's so, even more reason to love it. It's like a nice old, old, old-fashioned ladies racer bike. Oh, amazing! So that's my like pride and joy. She's called. Um, she's got a name. Yeah, she's called Jade. Oh, yeah. she's got real love. Yeah, real love. love. I'm missing out on this bike love. I need to oh, rectify. I'm not true. even a cyclist, and it makes me want to go out and ride a bike. Yeah, I mean, it makes London feel smaller. I love that, especially if you, yeah, if you've had a full-on day, like if you can spend a bit of time unwinding in that way, I find it. Yeah, magic, it's a goodie. Yeah. What about a person? A person. Or people, so a group of, doesn't have to be a single person. Um, I think one of my mentors actually has, is somebody that I've, I just find great being around. She's not famous or anything like that, but she's called Fleur Emery and she, um, she had her own company actually. It was like a range of porridge pots which you know like the instant porridge but she is like one of the first people to launch that in the UK called um, Grasshopper Porridge and she worked with me when I was like right at the start of my company. How did you know her? Did you know her already or how did you find her? I got put in touch with her from a contact of mine. Random, random, random. And we just went for a coffee and got on really well and what I love most about her is that she is she's one of those like fly by the seat of pants kind of people she is incredibly supportive and also doesn't take herself too seriously and admits when she's like had problems and stuff like that and it's just I, I find her and also she's female I find that quite inspiring um good person to have about yeah I think everyone needs like somebody who they like respect and also as a mentor you need someone that's probably done it before as well so really great person to find a mentor isn't it yeah. or even a group of mentors to yeah, have someone absolutely. that you can bounce stuff off yeah yeah. Um, if you were to give yourself one bit of advice or someone else that was about to start off with something similar, what bit of advice do you reckon that you'd give yourself? Yeah. Well, I guess two things. One, don't be too hard on yourself. Like, when things do go wrong, like, they always go wrong. Um, don't, like, beat yourself up about it. Just pick yourself up and move on and go and just forget about it. Like, you know, we had a big print run that went wrong and... It was definitely my fault. I didn't check it properly, and it meant we had to sort of throw away a, a load of packaging away. And it's so frustrating when those things happen. But fundamentally, you do it by accident, and you learn from it, and you'll never do it again because you know you've like you've had the war, the war wounds from it. So don't be too hard on yourself. Um, and second thing is like just be patient. Like I am an incredibly impatient person. Um, I want things done yesterday, but I actually realise that if you've got a small company, you're normally quite low on the priority list with most people in terms of like 
suppliers and manufacturers, whatever. And actually, you just got to be really patient. Know that it's going to happen. Like, actually enjoy the time that you're growing it. Um, yeah, just, you know, push and, and make sure things happen. But equally, don't, don't expect things to happen, like, you know, as quickly as you'd probably like. You've been listening to Passion Pod number 54 with Pip from Pip and Luck. Thanks so much, Pip. Passion Pod number 54. And if you like that, there is plenty more where that came from. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on there, actually. So just type in Passion Pods or on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and if you want to be kept up to date with what we're up to, the newsletter. Head to our website, passionpods.co.uk, and you can find the little newsletter thing that you can sign up to on there. So next week, a big old famous... Don't know quite how we've managed that. Um, Super excited to be chatting. He makes music uh, and you will have heard of him. Uh, That's about all I'm going to tell you right now. If you want to find out first, don't forget you can subscribe to us on iTunes. It will then plop into your iTunes feed without you having to do too much work, which is always a bonus. Um, So, yeah, really good one coming next week, even if we do say so ourselves. Uh, In the meantime, have a good one uh, and we'll catch you then.